Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Andy Saltzman. I'm in Pakistan filing copy for today's top story, which takes us all the way back to Bugle 125. Recorded in 2010, it was focused on recent flooding in Pakistan and an insufficient global response, the kind of thing that would surely never happen again. Top story this week. God said to Pakistan, there's going to be a floody, floody. Pakistan said what? Again? Fuck you, buddy, buddy. What a <laughs> fucking mess. <laughs> You wouldn't know Did it. you write that specially, John? But, or was that, it's, was it's that an the, adaptation of an existing classic? It's, it's the adaptation of God Said to Noah there's going to be a floody, floody, Andy. Oh, right. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know about that. Well, it's, no. We just, Noah doesn't yeah. play a key role in your life. <laughs> as, as a hue, as I believe the Spanish pronounce you. Um, well, there, you wouldn't know it by looking at the news, Andy, but Pakistan is still currently experiencing a humanitarian crisis on a near unfathomable scale. Or certainly on a scale that the media doesn't seem remotely interested in fathoming in any public shape or form. In fact, the media seems to be dealing with this flood as if it's an unruly wasp at a family picnic. <laughs> just ignore it and I'm sure it'll go away. Don't get all dramatic about it, it's just nature. According to the UN, who uh, now currently seem to be less of a body brokering peace worldwide and more archivists for international misery, <laughs> apparently more than 17 million people have been affected by the floods, and about 1.2 million homes have been destroyed, leaving 5 million people homeless. Andy, UN Secretary Ban Ki-moon must answer his first phone call every morning when he sits down at his desk with, Hello? Uh, what now? <laughs> what the f*** has happened now? Can I just eat my bagel and check my emails? Can I just do that before you tell me what disaster has just befell mankind? I f***ing hate this f***. King job. <laughs> if I go home and Mrs. Kimoon asks me one more time, how was work today, dear? I'm gonna lose my shit. How was work today, dear? It was fucking harrowing, sweetheart. Thanks for asking. How is it being married to a shell of a human being? <laughs> that, that is what I imagine his secretary hears muffled through his office wall every morning, Andy. <laughs> there is no way that Ban Ki-moon doesn't swear. Not in that job. You might go into it as a non-swearer, but that must change by the first afternoon, when you're presented with a file on what's happening in Somalia, and the only words available in your head to you are, holy shit. <laughs> Do you know that the key in Ban Ki-moon is actually short for Keith? I didn't know that, yep. Andy. His oh. name's Ban Keith Moon. And, uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. His father was um, vehemently opposed to 1960s rock drummers. Right. I'm 35. But it's a, it's a rhythm of life as old as time itself, John. Natural disaster leads to humanitarian catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Leads to international squabble over exactly who should be doing and giving what to whom. And there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of d unhappiness about the, uh, the lack of uh, international response, uh, lack of donations from Muslim countries, and also the lack of assistance from the almighty lord, or lords, or lords and ladies himself and or themselves. Still not really on top of their game, John, the Lords, uh, right. in any of their many guises. Really, 
letting these natural disasters slam home the goals with alarming regularity at the moment. Maybe the Lord's inbox is full, John, because um, <laughs> tends to hit quite holy parts of the world pretty hard, and uh, yes. I can only imagine all prayers are now just rebounding back unheard and unheeded. So uh, no, let's, hope, let's hope it's just a career lull, John, a bit like, uh, a bit like Brian Lara in the... Uh, I don't know about the turn of the millennium. It is strange how sluggish donations have been, relatively coming in from private citizens, businesses and governments all around the world. And I was reading some of the reasons that some experts have suggested for this. <clears throat> One, there's a recession. You know, and that is true. Pakistan have stupidly picked a very bad time to be hit by a natural disaster. What were they thinking, Andy? They, they may have made the same crucial mistake as the population of New Orleans five years ago, who had forgotten both that America's armed forces were fighting two wars abroad, and also that the government didn't really give a shit about them. <laughs> um, two, trust seems to be an issue. There does seem to be a concern that the local population are being radicalised by Taliban forces who are helping them. But come on. We're talking about 20 million people who need help. And the word terrorism does not even exist in Surakai and Sindhi, the two languages of the majority of the people who've been rendered homeless. And I don't think they really give a rat's shit whether they're getting supplies from a UN worker, a Taliban militant, or John Travolta in a Scientology hovercraft. <laughs> uh, the third is the doc uh, donor fatigue. And with the tsunami, the 2005 Pakistan earthquake, uh, uh, the earthquake recently in Haiti... Uh, the, uh, Dr. Elizabeth Ferris, uh, who's apparently the senior fellow at the US-based Brookings Institute, uh, a foreign policy think tank, said, it should also be noted that the international humanitarian system isn't set up to deal with more than one major crisis a year. USA, for example, committed one-third of its annual budget to the Haitian earthquake response. Well, maybe we should just treat ourselves and splurge <laughs> on a humanitarian system that can deal with more than just one crisis a year. Either that or we should be very, very clear, if you insist on having a natural disaster, you are strongly advised to do it in the first six months of the year, <laughs> just to be safe. <laughs> and finally, the disaster itself. Apparently floods are a very bad choice. And Ban Ki-moon, or sorry, Ban Keith moon uh, <laughs> described uh, them as a tsunami in slow motion. And the Professor of Economics at Yale said, sudden events seem to generate more funds. A flood and droughts happen gradually and build. There isn't any single day in which news is huge. And for the same reason, this pushes the story away from the media spotlight. But massive and sudden earthquakes or tsunamis draw our immediate attention and shock us. Well, I hope you're listening, Pakistan. Your suffering just hasn't been spectacular enough. <laughs> Please send an official letter to the UN apologising for boring everyone. <laughs> they just need to get just get, get a good publicist, John. I'll get Max Clifford or someone. I think that's really what they need. Get it on the front pages. Yeah. This donor fatigue, uh, it apparently, is uh, is a genuine genuine issue, and I think um, I mean, maybe it may be right. Maybe we should just store it up until the end of each uh, each calendar year, and then uh, all the different natural disasters uh, should have a. A televised weep-off to see right. which case is the most heart-rending. That seems to be what people would prefer. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, we, ha we have to choose at the moment. You know, I'd, uh, I'd love to help, John, but, you know, if I give £50 to the uh, Pakistan flood relief, mm -hmm. then I can't give £50 to the fund to have Pat Robertson, Glenn Beck and the Dutch footballer Mark Van Bommel <laughs> fired into space in a special rocket. <laughs> what a sitcom that would be. Oh, boy. And I, and I can't even then spend £50 on petrol for my car to help BP get back on its feet. Um, don't mock, you know, because of the oil spill, John, they've uh, ended up spending around £30 billion on the environment that no other oil company will have spent. <laughs> so, uh, these are tough choices, John. Uh, one of the side issues 
with this disaster is that in, in the vacuum that follows a crisis like this terrible flood, extremist groups often like to try to provide badly needed assistance to the badly hit communities. On one hand, this is good news. You know, they're able to mobilise quickly to help some of the most impoverished regions on Earth. Hamas supporters did it very effectively in Gaza recently. And you end up having the international community of these groups kind of competing to see who can be the most compassionate. For a moment, you can find yourself thinking, could it be that natural disasters bring out the best in terrorists? <laughs> but then, on the other two hands, the bad in these extremists quickly bobs back up to the surface like a particularly buoyant witch. The, the UN is currently having to review security measures for its aid workers in Pakistan after receiving warnings from the Pakistan Taliban who it seems are planning to attack foreigners delivering aid to the millions of people affected. Uh, and one Taliban spokesman told the Associated Press the presence of foreign aid workers was unacceptable. See, just when you think they can't go any lower, Andy, they excavate the moral low grounds down just a few more feet. Attacking international, non-political aid workers bringing emergency supplies to a disaster zone. Surely, if a terrorist found himself about to launch an attack on these incredibly brave, dedicated, selfless people, he must find himself pausing for a moment to ask himself, hold on, these people do seem to be doing a lot of good here. Let me just check. Am I a holy warrior? Or am I a misguided c <laughs> I think I know the answer, but I'm just not 100%. Also, you think um, uh, if the if the money spent on the Burj Khalifa in Dubai, the half a f***ing mile f***ing high skyscraper discussed in a in previous bugles, have been spent on, for example, flood defences in in Pakistan, well, I mean the world might be all the poorer for not knowing what happens when a group of people with a crap load of money and a walnut full of sense get together and phone an architect. <laughs> But one one point five billion that cost, John, and the yep. UN Office for the Coordination of Humanitarian Affairs was calling for four hundred and sixty million of aid for this flood that has affected over fifteen million people. So that kind of puts it in context. The fountain system at the Burj Khalifa cost two hundred and seventeen million dollars. So that is almost half the aid. So I guess it turns out that water is expensive, whatever your delivery system. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Why not dip into Catharsis, the new show from Tiff Stevenson, with recent guests including Sindhu V, Alfie Brown and Ria Lina. For details on this and all the other shows in the Bugle stable, go to thebuglepodcast.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss... Lime bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>